ಸಹನಾವದು ಸಹನೋಭನಕ್ತ ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾ ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ನಮಃಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ನಮಃಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ the so called seven states or avasthas in case of this jiva were described yesterday <coughs> and how by the aprokshanyanam or the immediate knowledge of the self there is the elimination of all the grief and attainment of what is known as nirankusha tripti attainment of tripti or contentment that is total contentment how the by the knowledge of self this takes place <laughs> now the question here is continuing with the verse 48 says nano atmanam chedvijani aditi mantra vyakhyane pravartatvat on the page 204 tadvihaya madhye ajnanaadi avastha saptaka nirupanam prakrita asangatam this purupakshi is asking this question that this chapter was started with a statement that we are now going to uh illava expand or explain this particular mantra of the shuddhi atmanam ched vijaniyat meaning when this person comes to know the true nature of the self then desiring what and for the purpose of which desirer will he permit himself to be afflicted by the afflictions of the body meaning he will no more be associated with the afflictions of the body or he will no more invite afflictions because there is nothing more to be achieved <coughs> so this is a mantra that is that the author has proposed to explain in detail in the course of explanation of this mantra itra mantra vyakhyane pravartatvat you started with a proposition that you are going to expound this expound this mantra tad vihaya madhye agnyanaadi avastha saptaka nirupanam prakruta asangatam now there seems to be a great distraction here that you started describing the seven states seven stages of this ignorance etc what relevance all this discussion have with what relevance does this discussion have with what you have commenced to do to what what you undertaken to to what you started with so you started with the proposition that you are going to explain that mantra and in that process now you are elaborately explaining is seven states of this jiva agnyanam avaranam vikshepa parokshagnyanam aparokshagnyanam shokaapagamah nirankusha tripti 
these seven states or avasthas you described elaborately with all sorts of arguments. So that seems to be a distraction, seems to be irrelevant. And it would be a defect of any presentation if you talk of irrelevant things. Particularly in the written work, in case of perhaps in a, in a talk, etc., what may appear to be irrelevant, but it also might be okay because it may serve some purpose, you know, to keep people awake and things like that, you know. So it may be relevant with reference to what you want to discuss, but it may be relevant reference to a particular context. But here, this discussion, in what way is it relevant to what you had proposed to do? Prakruta asangatam idhyashinke, that all of this discussion seems to be irrelevant to what is the subject matter, the subject matter under discussion. Idhyashinke, this is a question. Atmanam chedvijaniyat idhyasyaha sudehe tatpari nirupan sheshatvena abhitatvat. Says, in fact, we started this, the tatpariya or the purport of this particular statement. Atmanam ched vijaniyat, when this person comes to know the true nature of the self. So, we are now, what we have discussed in terms of this, namely the seven states of this jiva. Tatparya niranaya rupa sheshatvena. Sheshatva means upakaritvam or upayogitvam. So, this discussion is something that is helpful to understand the meaning of that shruti. It helps us in understanding the meaning of the Shruti. And therefore, therefore, this discussion is not irrelevant. Itinna prakruta asangadam vitebhipretya shruti tatparimaha Sometimes, in order to just make a statement like the tenth man, you may have to describe the whole story of the tenth man, you know. In that case, the whole story of the tenth man may not be relevant to that particular thing, but that unless that whole story of the tenth man is known, that particular point will not be understood. So sometimes in order to explain a given point, you may have to explain some other things also. Which other things may not be directly related to the subject, but they are related to what you want to explain. <coughs> Similarly also, the discussion that we just had is something that is helpful in understanding the particular statement of the Shruti, and therefore the discussion is not irrelevant, it is relevant. And that is what is said in the verse 48. Aparoksha jnana shoka Aparoksha jnana shoka Nivrutyakhe ubhe ime Nivrutyakhe ubhe ime Avasthe jivage brute Avasthe jivage brute Atmanam cheditishrutehi Atmanam Chedhiti He says that particular Shruti, that statement of the Upanishad, Atmanam Chedvijaniyad, that does mention two of the states, two of the seven states that we have discussed. What are those two states? Aparokshignana Shoka Nivrutyakhe Ubhe. So, it says again, if you look at the very first verse of this chapter, Atmanam Ched Vijaniyat, Ayamasmidi Purushaha, when that shows, Ayamasmidi Purushaha. When this person knows the self as this, meaning when this person knows the self immediately, that shows Aparokshignanam or immediate knowledge. And then it says, 
kimichan kasse kamaya shariram anusanjvare. Desiring what would he invite the afflictions of this body? That means he becomes free from afflictions. So first line of the mantra says that the nature of the knowledge is immediate knowledge. And the second line says that he becomes totally free from afflictions. Free from afflictions meaning shokabhagamaha, elimination of all this grief or affliction. And therefore, aparoksha jnana, shoka nivrityakhe, of the seven states that we have described, the two states namely aparoksha jnana, immediate knowledge, and shoka nivrti meaning elimination of grief. Ubhe, so shoka pagamarupa, nirankusha trupti lakshanache, ubhe me, so this avaste jivage brute, these two states are, are described there, or these two states are mentioned in that mantra, atmanam che didishudahi, that statement. <coughs> and so, of the seven states that we talked about, two are mentioned in that mantra. And to understand the two, you must actually know all the seven. Otherwise, the place of those two will not be understood. Says the Tikagara, Chidabhasa Nishtham, Yet Avastha Saptakamasti, Tatra, Aparokshagnana, Shoka Nivurti Lakshanam, Avastha Dvayam, Pratipadaidum, Ayam Mantra Pravutahit Abhipraya. Chidabhasa Nishtham, Yet Avastha Saptakamasti. That these seven states that we just talked about as abiding in this Chidabhasa meaning the jiva, the, the ego. Yet avastha saptakamasti, those seven states, tatra, among those, out of those seven, aparokshagnana, shoka nivrutta lakshanam, avastha dvayam, these two states, namely aparokshagnana and shoka nivrutti. Pratipadaitum ayam mantra pravuttaha. That this mantra is, is to explain what is meant by shoka nivrutti and what is meant by aparokshagnana. That mantra of the Shruti, what does it seek to explain to us? What is the nature of immediate knowledge? And also seeks to explain to us what is the nature of Shoka Bhagamaha or elimination of grief. That mantra seeks to explain those two states and therefore we, we talked about those states and therefore the discussion is relevant. <coughs> okay, that is done. Now another discussion is taken up. Again as I said, it's a technical discussion. But it helps us, because when we want to understand what is aparokshagnana, what is the nature of knowledge of the self? It is not like the knowledge of a microphone, or knowledge of the book, or knowledge of a clock, where microphone, or a book, or a clock, they are the, they are objectified by me. They are known by me as something different from me, and therefore they become the objects of perception. So this microphone, this book, this clock, in this manner, I know them. But selves cannot be known like that. In this knowledge of microphone or the book or the clock, the knower is different and the known is different. In every form of knowledge there is this duality of the knower and the known. And that is how all our knowledge, knowledge of all the worldly objects takes place. But what about the knowledge of the self? What about the knowledge of the knower? Because here we are talking about knowledge of the self. And who is the self? That very knower. How do you know the knower? Or what is the nature of the knowledge of the knower? This is the question. 
That is why it is called Aparokshudyanam. So we talk about three kinds of knowledge. One is what is called Pratyakshudyanam, meaning perceptual knowledge. Those knowledge, objects which can be objectified, those things which can be objectified by the senses. And that knowledge is called perceptual knowledge or Pratyakshudyanam. Other is called Parokshudyanam, knowledge of the objects which are beyond the range of the sense perception. And such knowledge as you may have sitting here of what's happening outside. You know, you might hear some sound and infer that something is there. So you might hear this horn and infer that somebody's car has come. Then you've not seen the car, but you have the knowledge of the car, because car is not within the range of your perception. And so that kind of knowledge would be called parokshadhyanam or indirect knowledge. So knowledge of those objects which are remote is going to be indirect. That's called parokshadhyanam. So these are the two forms of knowledge we are familiar with. Pratyakshadhyanam, parokshadhyanam. Perceptual knowledge and indirect knowledge of the objects which are not within the range of perception. Then we have a third category of knowledge. That is called Aparoksha-jnanam. Aparoksha, that which is not paroksha is called Aparoksha. Now, this microphone and the book and the clock, all of these objects are in the category of Pratyaksha. They are perceptual objects and therefore their knowledge is Pratyaksha-jnanam, perceptual knowledge. But how about the self? Is it possible to objectify the self? I can objectify the microphone and know the microphone as different from me. And thus the no known duality is involved in the knowledge. But how about the knowledge of the self? Self is that which cannot be objectified because it is the nature of the very objectifier. So the very perceiver, the, the nature of the, the, the very content or the truth of the perceiver is a self. So what is the nature of that knowledge? That knowledge is called aparokshudhyanam. It is not perceptual knowledge. Meaning, I do not know the self as, as, as an object of perception of my eyes or ears, nor would I know the self as something that is visualized by the mind. It is still known as the very self without the visualization. Because self is self-effulgent. And so that knowledge is called aparokshudhyanam or immediate knowledge. And to understand the nature of the immediate knowledge, there is a discussion here of how do you say that Brahman or in Atma there is two forms of knowledge Parokshudhyanam and Aparokshudhyanam. You say that Brahman is known indirectly and Brahman is known immediately. You have been talking about immediate knowledge and immediate knowledge of Brahman or Atma. And so the question is how can there be where Atma is my very self, it is self-effulgent, it is Aparoksha meaning immediate how can there be parokshudhyanam or indirect knowledge of Atma? This is the question. I am iti aparokshatvam iti atra I am iti padena atmanah aparokshatvam uchyade Says the Tikagara in the introduction of verse 49 I am iti aparokshatvam So I am, when that pronoun is employed, I am means this. That pronoun this is employed to denote that the object of the knowledge is immediate. That that pronoun I am or this 
इंडिकेट्स अपरोक्षत्वम और इमीडिएटनेस ऑफ द आत्मा ऑफ द सेल्फ तथा सती अपरोक्ष ज्ञान विषयत्व में वस्यात न परोक्ष ज्ञान विषयत्व सी द नॉलेज शुड बी ट्रू टू द ऑब्जेक्ट इफ द ऑब्जेक्ट इज इन फ्रंट ऑफ यू द नॉलेज मस्ट बी परसेप्चुअल इफ द ऑब्जेक्ट इज अवे फ्रॉम यू दॉलेज मस्ट बी परोक्ष और इनडायरेक्ट बट इफ द ऑब्जेक्ट आत्मा इज अपरोक्ष इमीडिएट देन नॉलेज ऑल्सो शुड बी इमीडिएट How do you say that you know the self as indirectly? Indirectly, how can there be paroksh gyanam or mediate or indirect knowledge about Atma, which is immediate? This is the question. Tathasati aparoksh gyanam vishtamevasyaat. We suggest that since Atma or the self is aparoksh or immediate, therefore the knowledge also should be immediate. There cannot be such a thing as indirect knowledge of the self because self is ever shining. न परोक्ष ज्ञान विषयत्व विद्याशंक्य तद उपपादनाय अपरोक्ष ज्ञानम विभजते नाउ टू एक्सप्लेन हाउ इवन द नॉलेज ऑफ द सेल्फ कैन बी इनडायरेक्ट और परोक्ष नाउ अपरोक्ष ज्ञानम विभजते द नेक्स्ट वर्स एक्सप्लेन्स हाउ अपरोक्ष मीनिंग इमीडिएट हैज टू मीनिंग्स और अपरोक्ष ज्ञानम इमीडिएट नॉलेज दिस एक्सप्रेशन ऑल्सो हैज टू मीनिंग्स एंड वट आर दोज टू मीनिंग्स दे आर एक्सप्लेन इन द वर्स फोर्टी नाइन अयमित्यपरोक्षत्वमित्यपरोक्षत्वोक्तमेदिया अयम अपरोक्षत्विधम भवेट मंत्रा सेड आत्मा चेत विजानियात अयम अस्मी पुरुष विषय चिद्रूपस्यात्मनिरपेक्षत्वास्यात्मापेक्षत्वाथिंग See, for example, for this microphone to reveal itself, microphone requires the help of my eyes. If my eyes are closed, this microphone cannot reveal itself as an object to me. This sound that you are hearing, for example, requires the ears. If the ears are not there, or if the ears are not functioning, if they are closed, then the sound cannot reveal itself. 
So understand that those objects which require some other light to reveal themselves are called jada. So all the objects of the world are called jada or inert. You understand the Vedantic uh, meaning of the word inert. Normally we say that that which is insentient is inert and sentient is conscious. But in the Vedantic terminology, jada or inert means that which is not self-shining but that which requires some other light, light to reveal itself. Just as all these colors and forms, they require the light of the eyes to reveal themselves. We can say that the eyes illumine these objects such as microphone, book, chair and what not. Only when the eyes illumine these objects, then alone can the objects be known to me. Only when the ears illumine the sound, then alone the sound can become the object of my perception. And thus, the objects of the world require the organs of perception to illumine them. Meaning that these objects require the light of organs of perception to reveal themselves. However, how about the self? Does the self or the Atma, does it require something to reveal itself? Meaning, is there any, is there any need for me to bring into operation an organ of perception or my mind to know I am? To know I am, is it necessary that my eyes must be functioning or ears must be functioning? To know I am or that I shine, that knowledge, how do I gain? Is it necessary for me to see the self or hear or touch or taste? No. Is it necessary for me to visualize myself as being or existing? No. Is it necessary to think whether I am existing or not? No. That I am or I shine is a knowledge which is what we call immediate knowledge because it does not require, it is, it is, it doesn't require any other knowledge or light to illumine itself. Atma or the self is called self-effulgent because it reveals itself, reveals itself without the help of any other light of knowledge. In this sense, the, all the objects of the world and the self are different. These objects, they require a pramanam or a means of knowledge to, to reveal themselves. Atma or the self doesn't require any pramanam, doesn't require any means of knowledge to reveal itself because it is self-shining. Whether I want it or not, that I am, I am, I am, that knowledge is always there. I shine, I shine, I shine, that knowledge is always there, whether I want it or not. Because it is self-revealing. So it is said, Vyavahara sadhanantar nirpekshatvad For Vyavahara meaning, for expressing itself, Atma does not require any other sadhanam, doesn't require the help of any other source of knowledge or any means of knowledge. And therefore, since Atma is self-effulgent, therefore Atma is called Aparoksha. Atma is called, a self is called immediate. <coughs> and secondly, that knowledge is called immediate. Why? Dhyā, buddhya evam, meaning svaprakāsatvena tadīkṣanāt tasya viśayasya ātmanah the second reason why the knowledge is called Aparoksha Jnanam. Atma also is the nature of knowledge. 
meaning awareness, which eliminates all forms of knowledge. And therefore, Atma also is called Jnanam. So, word Jnanam is also employed in several sense. When we say Satyam, Jnanam, Anantam, Brahman. Brahman is Satyam, Jnanam, Anantam. Satyam meaning truth. Jnanam means knowledge. Anantam means limitless. What is meant by knowledge there? By knowledge, what is meant by? Gnyaptihi, meaning the awareness. So in Satyam Jnana Manantam, when we say that Atma is of the nature of knowledge, what is meant by the word knowledge there is pure awareness that eliminates all forms of knowledge. However, we also use the word knowledge in another sense. When I say knowledge of microphone, knowledge of book, knowledge of clock, knowledge of some object, then what do we mean is that particular thought form. When I know the microphone, there occurs in my mind a thought of the form of microphone. When I know the book, there occurs in my mind a thought of the form of book. So there is a microphone thought, a book thought, a clock thought and so forth. And so that is a thought by which I know the microphone or book. And so that also is called knowledge, meaning vritti jnanam, the knowledge in the form of thought which reveals a corresponding object. And that jnanam, vritti jnanam is that knowledge in the form of the thought can also be pratyaksha or paroksha. It can also be immediate depending on the object or it can be remote depending on the object. And that knowledge also is a parokshan or immediate because atma, atma also is immediate object in their form. That knowledge that I am the self or I am complete or I am limitless. That knowledge also is called aparokshagnyanam or immediate knowledge because it reveals the self as it reveals the self as aparoksha or immediate. And so buddhya by buddhi meaning by my mind this knowledge of the self also takes place in the mind in that sense. Just as the ghata, pata all these objects are also known in the mind so also atma is also known in the mind. However, not known in as much as the mind does not objectify Atma. In case of the microphone, etc., the mind objectifies Atma. In, uh, mind objectifies the object. In case of self, mind does not objectify it, but mind reveals self as the very illuminator. And that is how I know myself as the very illuminator, the awareness, the formless or limitless. And that is how in the mind that knowledge takes place. And that knowledge, meaning the jnana vritti also is called aparoksha jnana. <coughs> Buddhya evam svaprakasatvena tadikshanat tasya vishayasya atmana avalokanat When the knowledge of the self takes place, I know myself immediately as complete or full or awareness. Not that awareness is, is visualized by me, but I know myself as awareness. Know that all the all the notions that I entertain about myself are false, and those notions arose on account of identification with this body or the mind. Without the identification, as long as I look upon myself from a standpoint, from the standpoint of the body, when I look at myself, then I am so and so. I'm a person. I'm a man or a woman. When I look at myself from the standpoint of the mind, then I'm happy or unhappy. When I look at myself from the standpoint of the intellect, then I am a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. 
But when I look at myself from without any, then what am I? When all the standpoints drop off, then the I is revealed as what? Without any standpoint, pure and simple being, meaning pure and simple existence or pure and simple awareness. And that knowledge also is immediate knowledge. So Atma, the self, is immediate and knowledge of the self also is immediate. And therefore that pronoun I am or this, which indicates immediacy of the knowledge, has two meanings, that Atma is immediate and the nature of knowledge also is immediate. <coughs> then continuing says, in the introduction of verse 50, Bhavatu Dvaividhyam Etavata Parokshignana Vishatva Kimayadam is all right. Your your exposition or discourse on the Aparokshatvam, that immediacy is of two types, fine, let it be. But by that discussion, Parokshignana Vishatva Kimayadam, but you are trying to prove to us that there can be Parokshignanam or an indirect knowledge of Atma. How can there be indirect knowledge of Atma? or immediate knowledge of Atma, the Self, who is immediate in nature. How can it be? That is not yet explained. Iti āsimke viśyasva prakāśatvam parokṣa jñāna viśyatva virodhi na bhavati iti āha. Says viśyasva prakāśatvam, that Atma or the Self is so prakāśa, is self-effulgent. That self-effulgent Atma or self-effulgent Self is not opposed to any notion about the self, ignorance of the self, or not opposed to an indirect knowledge of the self. Self is not opposed to anything. Awareness is not opposed to anything. It illumines everything without any partiality. It just illumines everything equally. And therefore when I say that I do not know myself, that ignorance of myself also is illumined by what? by the same awareness. When I say that I know myself as a limited being, that misconception also is limited by same awareness. When I say, yes, yes, I, I understand that I must be limitless, that kind of knowledge also is limited by the same awareness. And when I say that I know myself as limitless, that immediate knowledge also is limited by the same awareness. Meaning, Atma, the awareness, is not opposed to anything. It is not opposed to ignorance also. Otherwise, how can ignorance be there of the self who is of the nature of knowledge or awareness? But that ignorance also is vrtijnanam. Ignorance also is in the mind, in the form of thought. And therefore, knowledge also takes place in the mind, in the form of thought. So the ignorance is something that is kanyana virodhi, opposed to knowledge. <coughs> And that knowledge can be paroksham or aparoksham, immediate or immediate. Awareness is not opposed to immediate knowledge or ignorance also. This is vishyasva prakashatvam paroksha jnana vishyatva virodhina bhavati. And atma does not oppose. Upadrashta anumantacha. The self does not oppose anything, does not interfere with anything. They ask this question. Not a very relevant thing to this discussion, but they ask this question. The Swamiji, if you say that God is everywhere, if you say that self is in every being, then why somebody commits murder? 
Why somebody commits theft? Why does this self permit all this? If God is everywhere, why should these things happen? We would think that if God is in the heart of everyone, then everybody should be divine. And why do you find people being so, you know, uh, whatever they are? Why do you find such crime, this suffering? Why should it be if God is in the heart of everyone? The answer is that God is not opposed to anything. Upadrashta, it closely watches. Anumanta is a permitter. Therefore, it lends its grace or it, it, it provides the existence and awareness to anything and everything, is opposed to anything. Like the screen of a movie is not opposed to anything. In a movie, a murder can take place, a theft can take place, or an act of love also can take place. Anything can take place, just as the screen is unopposed to that, because they are altogether of different realities. Screen enjoys an objective reality. Movie is what we call a subjective reality. And therefore, these two realities being different, there is no opposition. Similarly also, the self, like electricity, is not opposed to anything. If you insert a bulb, where electricity will illumine the room. Instead of insert a bulb, suppose you place two fingers in there, what will happen? That same electricity will kill you also. Shall we say it is the fault of electricity? No. It is that it is unopposed to anything. And so also the self is unopposed to anything. If this mind is utilized in, in divine activities, well self will bless that mind also. If the same mind is utilized in evil activities, well the self blesses that also. And therefore self or the awareness is not opposed to anything. Because what is illumined is mithya. Just as my face is not opposed to any reflection. It may be distorted reflection, my face does not protest. Is a broken reflection, is no protest because that is mithya. And therefore satya is unopposed to mithya. The truth is unopposed to the unreal or the false. Because it doesn't make any difference to the movie screen. Because what is in the movie is only kalpana, it's only a projection. So what is there in the projection doesn't matter because it is not real. So in fact that murder also and theft also, all of them are, they enjoy a certain degree of reality which is what we call mithya. And atma which is absolute reality is not opposed to anything. Like the rope is not opposed to a snake. How come the rope doesn't say that I am not a snake, I am the rope? It doesn't say. It's not opposed to what is superimposed upon that. And thus the truth is not opposed to superimposition. Ignorance also is superimposition. Parokshiknyanam also is superimposition, even a parokshiknyanam also is a superimposition alone. And therefore, awareness which is truth or absolute is not opposed to anything. Therefore, Atma is not opposed to parokshiknyanam. That's the idea. <coughs> so, Vishayasva Prakashatvam Parokshiknyanam Vishayatva Rodinna Bhavadityaha in the verse 58 is said that Atma who is a paroksha is not opposed to parokshiknyanam. Says in the verse 15. Parokshagnana kalebi, Parokshagnana kalebi, Vishayasva prakashata, Vishayasva prakashata, Sama brahmasva prakasham, Sama brahmasva prakasham, 
Astityevam vibodhanad Astityevam vibodhanad Parokshidnyana kalebi Even at the time of parokshidnyanam Even at the time of what we call Mediate knowledge or indirect knowledge When I say Brahma is We said earlier that Brahma is Is parokshidnyanam I am Brahma is called Aparokshanyam. To say God is, is indirect knowledge. To know that, that God is not apart from me, that is my being, that is known as immediate knowledge. But then, even when I say that Brahman is, and I do not know that Brahman is myself, even then, Vishayasva Prakashada Sama, that Brahman remains self-effulgent regardless of whether I know it or not. And so self-effulgent Brahman is not opposed to ignorance or, or or indirect knowledge or immediate knowledge. How do you say that Brahman, is shine, Brahman shines even when I do not know it? How do you say that Brahman shines even when I know it only as, as something different from me? So to know Brahman as something different from me is called Parokshagnanam. To know Brahman as the self is called Aparokshagnanam. When I know Brahman is something different from me, how do you say that it is shining? It is self-shining because that is its nature. Brahmasva prakasham astiti evam vivodhanat Because the Shruti, the Upanishad tells us, Svaprakasham brahmasti Brahman self-effulgent is ever there. And so, even at the time of parokshigyanam or in indirect knowledge, the Brahman continues to be self-existing, self-revealing. Aparokshigyana kaleva Parokshigyana kalevi Vishayasya Brahmanaha Suprakashada Astyeva As the Tikagara says Even just as At the time of immediate knowledge Brahman is self-effulgent So also the time of immediate knowledge Brahman is self-effulgent <coughs> Tatra Upapattimaha What is the reason? Says Brahmasva Prakashamiti Because Ashwati says Brahma is Or you also say Brahma is or God is When we say believe in God Oh yes, I accept existence of God. Then also, our what do we accept? We accept God as someone different from us? As the creator, sustainer, destroyer, and whatever it is, the ruler, or omniscient, omnipotent. When we accept God as such, then automatically we accept God as someone different from us. So whenever God is known as different from us, it is going to be called parokshagnyanam or indirect knowledge. Even though God happens to be my very self, but then it eliminates this knowledge also of duality in the same way as it would eliminate knowledge of non-duality. And therefore, the self-effulgence of Brahman doesn't get in any way questioned or threatened or negated by the fact that there is just knowledge of Parukshagnyanam of Brahman. <coughs> now says, Pratyak abhinna brahma gocharasya jnanasya kutaf parokshatvam Pratyak abhinna brahma gocharasya jnanasya Jnana of knowledge which is pratyak abhinna brahma gocharam That knowledge which makes it as an object Brahman which is non-separate from myself Pratyak means the self Pratyak abhinna non-separate So Brahman which is non-separate from myself that knowledge which objectifies or knowledge of which this Brahman that is non-different from the self is the object of which knowledge. 
of that knowledge, kutaf parokshatvam, how can that knowledge be paroksha or indirect? Idiyasankya pratik amsagrahana idiyaha. See now in the Brahma Jnanam, there are two aspects. One is what? Brahma is. And second is, Brahman is a self. So there are, you can say that that knowledge has two aspects. The Brahmamsha and Pratyagamsha. What is Brahmamsha? That aspect called Brahma is Brahma Asti. That Brahman is, is one aspect of the knowledge. And Brahman is the self is another aspect of the knowledge. What happens is, one aspect is known, the other aspect is not known. Brahma is, is known, but the Brahma is a self, that aspect is not known. And therefore we call it Parokshignanam or indirect knowledge. That's the idea there. <coughs> Pratyagamsha agrahanat, that Brahman is Pratyag or the self, that aspect is not known. And that is said in the verse 51. Aham Brahmetyanul Aham Brahmetyanul Likhya Aham Brahmetyanul Likhya Brahmasti Teva Mullikhair Brahmasti Teva Mullikhair Parokshagnana Metanna Parokshagnana Metanna Brahantam Badhani Rupanad Brahantam Badhani Rupanad Aham Brahmahiri Anulikya Ullekha Ullekha means knowledge here. Aham Brahmahiri Anulikya Not knowing that Brahman is my very self. And instead of that, Brahmasti Devam Ullikhet. When one knows Brahman is, Brahman is. Meaning when Brahman is known as different from me, as existing alright, but known as different from me. And not known as my very self. That kind of knowledge is called parokshignanam etat. This is called parokshignanam or indirect knowledge. Then, the Tikagara raises the question, Nanu idam bhrantam. We would say that this is a bhranti or this is a delusion. To say that Brahman is and to know Brahman is something different from me, we say it is bhranti. Bhranti means delusion. Idi Ashankya Asya Bhantatvam Kim Badhyatvat Uta Vyaktyanulekhat Atava Aparokshena Grahana Yogyasya Parokshena Grahanat Yadva Amsha Agrahanat Idi Chaturdhavikalpya Alright, you say that this is false knowledge. This is a delusion. Just as when there is rope, and when that rope is known as a snake, that we call bhrantignanam or that is false knowledge. It is a delusion. When you know the object which happens to be rope, when you know it is a snake, it is called delusion. Why do we call it delusion? Because when you throw a torch right there, then the snake disappears as though and what is revealed is the rope. So, my knowledge that this is a snake. So when I look at that object, I say, this is a snake. I am Sarpaha. This knowledge is negated or falsified by the second knowledge, this is rope. 
So when I throw the torch right at the object, the object is revealed to be rope. And then what do I say? Hey, this is rope. Now for the same object, there are two knowledges. First there is knowledge, this is a snake. And after inquiry, after throwing the torch right, the second knowledge is, this is a rope. So this knowledge, this is rope, or the rope knowledge, displaces or falsifies the snake knowledge. So snake knowledge is negated by the rope knowledge. This is called badha. Badha means negation or falsification. And that happens very often. Sometimes at the first sight, a thing may appear to be such and such, when we closely look at it, or when we go close to something, then maybe the thing reveals itself to be different. It happens about the people also. Someone is coming, I think it is so and so. And then we lift our hand and then so many times embarrassment comes. In India, after the morning class, I generally take a walk back to the place where we where our residence is, which may take about 30 minutes walk. And when you're walking, several people sometimes meet you who know you and they lift or they, you know, salute and things like that. And you also do the same thing, you know. So he salutes you, you also return the salute. And some people meet you every day because they also walk or they also pass by that road at certain time. That's, you know, and so every day you salute. Sometimes what happens, you think that a person whom you know is coming and you lift your hand. You do this much, and then you say, hey, it's not that person. And then you do something, you know, after all. <laughs> so some, so it's embarrassing, you know. They also look at what, what happened, you know. <laughs> you lift your hand, and when you don't know that person, then there is a, it's, it's an embarrassing situation. So, at a certain distance you thought, it is so and so. And when he comes close, then you say, hey, it's not the same person. So that the earlier knowledge is, falsified or negated by the next knowledge. So the earlier knowledge is called Bhranti Jnanam or delusion. What is called delusion? That which is negated later on by true knowledge is called delusion. This is the definition of delusion. That which is Bhadayogyam, anything that is falsified or negated is called delusion. And so even the law of gravity is called delusion. Now, in the wake of the knowledge of this theory of relativity, you say that this whole knowledge of gravity is delusion. They say there is no gravity at all. The modern science says there is no such thing as gravity. We think that when a stone is released from the air, in the air, it falls to uh, you know it falls down. Why is it so? Because Earth exerts a force of gravity and attracts the stone towards itself, and therefore that is what we call the force of gravity. And all the bodies have this force of gravity. They attract the objects towards themselves. Therefore, when you go in the space beyond a certain point, then you are no more in the gravitational field of earth, and you come under the, there is a non-gravity also. And after a while, you come under the, the field of moon's gravity. Then you will be attracted there. So, we say that this is gravity. But then the theory of relativity said, there is no gravity. Then what is... No such thing as gravity. There is no such force as gravity. All there is is curved space. Space gets curved. So sun is a large body, the space gets curved. 
Even when light passes by, light also will be curved. And so on and so forth. Doesn't matter what it is. The idea is that, that our concept so far, that there is something called gravity, is no more there. It's not accepted. Therefore, it is proven to be Brahma or proven to be delusion. Replaced by a new concept. Anyway, after ten years, if that is proven wrong, well, that also will be proven to be, this is science. But, <clears throat> we must know what is called Brahma and what is called Prama. These two words must be clearly understood. Prama meaning valid knowledge. Not subject to negation or falsification or improvement or correction. Valid knowledge, not subject to correction or improvement or negation. And Brahma, sometimes it sounds similar to the, you know, Prama, P-R-A-M-A, and Brahma, B-H-R-A-M-A, Brahma. Brahma is delusion or false knowledge, which is subject to falsification by true knowledge. <coughs> so here now the question is, when I know Brahman as one different from me, I say Brahman is, God is, but when he is known as different from me, what is the nature of this knowledge? Is it Brahmagnyan? Is it Brahma or Prama? Is it valid knowledge or it is delusion? This question. Because Brahman is my very self. And if I know it as different from me, is it called Brahma? When I say Brahman is, is it knowledge Brahma or Prama? What is it? Nanoidam Bhrantam Ityashankya says Tikagara. Asya bhrantatvam kim badhyatvat Brahma asti, Brahma is. This knowledge, you call, we ask, ask me another questioner. Are you saying that this knowledge is bhranti or delusion? Because it is subsequently negated, is it why you call it delusion? Uta vyakti anunlekhat or vyakti anunlekhat. When you don't see the Vyakti, you don't see the object at all. So, if you don't see the object, and when there is a knowledge, that also is called Bhranti. For example, there is Mirage water. There is no Mirage water there, and still you see Mirage. All the object is there, and you don't see it. That kind of knowledge also will be called Bhranti, Vyakti, Anunlekhat. Athava, Aparokshena, Grahana Yogyasya, Parokshena, Grahana. Or Atma or the Self or Brahman, which happens to be Aparoksha, which happens to be immediate. And therefore its knowledge also should properly be immediate. Whereas still you know it as mediate or as, as indirect. Is that why you call it Brahma? Yadva Amsha Agrahanat. Or that knowledge of Brahman has two aspects. One is Brahman is and second is Brahman is a Self. Of those two aspects, one aspect is known that Brahman is. The other amsha or the aspect, namely Brahman is the self, is not known. Amsha agrahanat. Since that one amsha or one aspect is not known, is that why you call that knowledge Bhranti? Idi chaturdha vikalpya. In this manner, word Brahma or Bhranti, there can be four possible ways or four possible possibilities, let us, four possibilities when a knowledge can be called Bhranti or delusion. All these four possibilities are presented and the author is going to take up one by one. It is Chaturdha Vikalpya Prasamam Pratyaha about the first one. What is the first one? Badhyatvat. Is this knowledge Brahman is or God is? 
you call it bhranti or illusion because it is negated, it's etanna bhrantam. This knowledge that God is or Brahman is, is not bhranti. Why? Bada anirupana. Because it, is, it cannot be negated. It, it remains Brahman asti, Brahma asti, that knowledge remains unnegated or unfalsified. Hetum vivranati. How do you say that? That hetu or the cause is further explained in the verse 52. Brahmanasti timanam ched. Brahmanasti timanam ched. Syad badhyeta tadadhruvam. Syad badhyeta tadadhruvam. Nachayvam prabalam manam. Nachayvam prabalam manam. Pashyamu to nabadhyade, Pashyamu to nabadhyade. Brahmanasti itimanam chetsyat, badhyeta tadadhruvam. Now you have the knowledge right now, Brahma asti, Brahma is. If later on a knowledge can take place that Brahman is not, if later on valid knowledge can take place that Brahman is not, then we will say that this knowledge Brahman is, is a bhanti. Brahmanasti manam chetsyat badhita tada dhruvam. Then we will say that this knowledge is negated, dhruvam, definitely negated, and therefore it is a delusion. Nachayvam prabalam manam pasyamaha. But we do not see any knowledge anywhere which will say Brahman is not. But many people say God is not. Many people say Brahman is not. How do you say that uh, that knowledge is not there? But that is called Prabalam Manam. Pra, pra, that is called Nirbalam Manam. Nirbalam meaning it is not a strong, it is not a valid knowledge. When person says Brahman is not, it is not really valid knowledge because it is a knowledge, it is in fact a bhanti. It is in fact a delusion on his part because he has not really stopped to inquire what exactly he is denying. <coughs> and there is no statement in the Upanishad and nowhere in the scripture is said, Brahman is not. Atahana Vadhyate and therefore we say that this knowledge Brahman is, is never negated. Even later on when you come to know Brahman is a very self. Then also, Brahmasti, Brahma is, is not negated. That continues to remain and subsequent further it is known as myself. But even when Brahman is known as a self, that Brahman is, Rasti Jnanam is not negated. And therefore, since Brahman is, that knowledge is not negated, even though it is Paroksha Jnanam, it is not Bhranti, it is valid knowledge. Paroksha Jnanam also is called valid knowledge. For what it is? For what it is? <coughs> okay, there are other subsequent uh, uh, alternatives which we'll take up next time. Om Puranamadav Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavanta Punaf Punaha 
ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मे मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योम व्याप्तेहाय दक्षिणमूर्त नम ओ